Yeah, it's just still, I just thought I'd keep running. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 90th episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jill. How you doing? 90. I know. Every time we get to a a big round number like that, we're both like, man, I can't believe we still get to do this. Uh, Pretty much. So much fun. That's pretty much my reaction, too. So, tell us about today's episode. Today's episode is uh, our good friend, Zoraida Cordova, is back for a third time. She was on twice previously talking about her books... Uh, especially Labyrinth Lost, which is her most recent young adult book, which won a bunch of awards and is really, really fun. But what we had her come on today to do is uh, talk about romance books for February. That's the month. Drew a blank. It is. Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. So over the several times that I've gotten to chat with Zoraida, we've literally become friends. Like We interact almost daily on Twitter and Instagram, and we talk about that a few times. But um, it came up that she also is writing romance books herself, and so instead of having just our staff librarians come on and, and give book recommendations, you know, we always do one episode a week as an interview, and then one is like genre or fun theme that we do around here. And I just asked her, I was like, "Hey, would you just come on and talk about the books that you like to read from a romance standpoint?" And because she's awesome, she said yes. So that's what she did. She has a bunch of romance recommendations. Um, much like Penny Reed, who was on earlier in the week, these are very approachable romance novels. Mm-hmm. She picks um, some modern-day stuff, some um, some Regency romance books that have modern-day like themes and stuff. So she had a really great collection of books. And because in addition to being an author, she also does reviews. That's my computer in the background. Uh, she also does reviews for websites. So because of that, she is really good at describing books. So her descriptions of all the books are really, really good. And she's um, currently in, I believe, Puerto Rico for a month writing a book. So I was pretty salty about that part. Yeah. Um, being in freezing cold Cleveland. But yep. yeah, she had a bunch of uh, recommendations. And I think, like I said, any if this was a selfish, I wanted to talk to a person who's become a friend of mine. And I knew that this was a way I could get her to do that for a half hour or so. Yeah. Our 90th episode is a bunch of recommendations. That's good. And we have other previous romance episodes if people want more recommendations for. Yeah, and those books. ones are with our fellow staff people Indeed. around here. I don't know if people know this, probably not, but romance is like one of the most popular genres. Yeah. Like ever. <laughs> we actually, so we actually talk about that a little bit because I asked her why she thinks that and she has some really good reasons for it about it being like escapism and kind of like heightened versions of, re- of real life things and for me I think especially at Overdrive it's a the good part is the privacy you're reading an ebook you don't have to have people see your jacket covers if you don't want to yep. you know, that kind of stuff's always good exactly um, the same reason why like you know as a 31 year old oh god 31 I just had a birthday recently as a 31 year old I can read like YA stuff and not have to worry about like, you know I don't usually care but if someone saw that I was reading like a children's or a YA book out in the wild, they might be like, why is he reading that? He looks old. The audience can't see the look I'm giving you, but I'm 35, so just stop. I'm t- that wasn't <laughs> what I was getting at. Man, all of this should be cut, but we're probably just going to leave all of it. <laughs> oh, gosh. We were, we're, oh, boy. <laughs> hey, if people want to get a hold of us, Joe, where can they find us? They can email us at professionalbooknerds. <laughs> Professional book nerds at overdrive.com. Yep. And they can find us on Twitter at ProBookNerds. Yes. 
I have to say, when you and I first started doing intros together, we would start cracking up like this, and then we would stop, <laughs> and we would do it from scratch because we wanted it to sound perfect. And I think now we've realized these, <laughs> it's are, like, whatever. these are way better. These are way better. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, whether or not you're a fan of romance books, I think you guys will really enjoy this episode with Zoraida. She's just, again, she's a lot of fun, and she's snarky, and she has a book recommendation towards the end of Fans of the Labyrinth, which Jill and I both are. In fact, she said, Adam, I know how much you love the Labyrinth, so here's here's another book you should check out. So, um, yeah, anything else that you can think of? No, I think that's all. All right, cool. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoy the 90th episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Adam from Team Overdrive, and today, once again, I'm joined by my good buddy, Zoraida Cordova. This is her third time on the podcast. If you're a little bit new, she is the author of the Vicious Deep trilogy, as well as Labyrinth Lost. Those are all really fantastic YA books, and she's getting into the romance game as well, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, Zoraida, thank you so much for once again putting up with me and, and chatting for a little while. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So, I know this because, as we mentioned before, we are Instagram friends. But right now, yeah. you uh, you're currently working a little bit, so I'm not going to keep you forever. But would you mind sharing um, how you're spending your month of February, so some other people can be jealous of you? <laughs> well, not to make everyone jealous, <laughs> um, I'm I'm spending the month of February in Puerto Rico. Uh, I have a deadline for a romance, my, my romance novel that comes out, um, so at some, I don't have a release date, but it's 2018. Mm-hmm. So fall 2018, I'm going to be writing a, a, a romance book under the pen name Zoe Castile, and I basically just pick that name because my some of my family members um, can't pronounce the name Zoraida, <laughs> so they call me Zoe, <laughs> um, and, and I just wanted the same initial, so ZC. Um, and I, I'm just really giddy and excited about it. And so I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm doing this um, daily uh, author life month thing. It's, it's a meme that's going on online right now. It's hashtag author life month. Um, and it coincides with me trying to write a novel in a month as well. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's basically it. All right. So... First off, when you're trying to write, I mean, lots of people do NaNoWriMo and try to write, but did you do National Novel Writing Month in November as well? Actually, I failed at NaNoWriMo <laughs> this year. I just couldn't write the month of November. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't write a lot. I, I tried to do NaNoWriMo. I've been doing NaNoWriMo since 2010, so I do it every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vicious Deep, I finished The Vicious Deep uh during NaNoWriMo 2010, actually. Um, so I've, it's, it's, it's kind of like a security blanket, like when I know it's coming up, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm, if I'm a little behind, I'm like, well, NaNo's coming up, so I'll, I'll make up the word count during those, that time. Because it's usually, you know, like you do one to 3,000 words a day. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting, but it, it gets the work done. And you have a draft, you know, a, a crappy first draft, but 
Alright, so this first off, it cracks me up that you say you failed at NaNoWriMo. I don't think that's possible to fail because you tried to spend a month writing, which regardless is is amazing, but what made you decide to do it just a couple months later in February? Is it just, holy crap, you have a deadline, or was there a reason that you picked February to, to do this again? No, I, I, I try to do it every, like every month I try to work on a new book idea. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I, if I, um, like last year I had this book, uh, the zombie book that nobody will ever see, but <laughs> it's for me. Um, and so I started writing it and I was like, okay, this is going to be my, my March project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't finish it, but it, it, it just kind of felt, uh, organic to just write freely without, it has a deadline, you know, because it's a self-imposed monthly deadline, but it's not, it's not it's not like I'm, I'm turning it into my publisher. Mm-hmm. So I chose February, which is also a terrible month because there's two less days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also just coincided with my trip to Puerto Rico. And I, I, my only responsibility is to go running on the beach because, you know, drinking all the rum. Right. <laughs> and you counteract it with something. Um, and, um, and getting the words on the page. So it's, it's a nice month break. I'm not even going to pretend to hide my jealousy. I, I'm i a runner, <laughs> and I love writing, and you're doing both of those things in a beautiful place for a month. Yeah. So I've been telling you this both on like Instagram and then before we started recording, but I just one more time, I'm so, so freaking jealous of you. So c- <laughs> congrats on your life, I guess. Uh, whatever. It's It's a pretty good life moment right now. Yeah, that's awesome. So you are working right now, you said you're working on the romance novel. Can you, I I think I've heard you say a few times what the book is, but are you allowed to kind of give like a a quick synopsis of it? Because it's a really fun idea. Yeah, the quick quick pitch is uh, is basically um, a magic mic set in New York, but more focused on the romance than on the male troupe uh-huh. of dancers. Um, so it's a, a 20-something, 27-year-old uh, elementary school teacher. Her name is uh, Robin Flores, and she swapped her laundry by accident with this with a guy in her, in her building. And when she opens it up, there's like a sparkly song in it. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is not mine. I don't know anything <laughs> like this. And it ends up being her neighbor who comes to collect, and they, you know, he, they start a flirtation, and she realizes, she discovers that he's a male stripper because he ends up being the male stripper at her best friend's bachelorette party. <laughs> um, so, uh, shenanigans ensue from there, and I'm having a lot of fun writing it. I think it's super, it's super funny. Like, I, I like romance that has a lot of humor. Mm-hmm. Because not all moments are these, you know, desperate, uh, brooding scenes. You know, there has to be humor because I think being sexy, I mean, being funny is really sexy as well. Uh-huh. So it's, that's, that's important to me when I'm writing romance. All right, so something I'm going to ask you both from a, a writer and a reader standpoint, what is it for you about writing romance that you enjoy as opposed to, you know, I'm, I know you love writing YA and, and everything else too, but what is it about writing romance novels that you enjoy that's maybe a little bit different? The thing that I love about romance novels is that it's an extension of a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I write YA fantasy, and when you're writing YA fantasy, you, you, you world build and you 
create new lands, and if it has magic, you create a magical system, um, and it, if it has, you know, different landscapes, you create those. But when you're writing contemporary romance, you still have to do the same kind of world building, so you still have to create the world that your hero and heroine live in, and you have to create their, their social circles and how all of that impacts who they are their backstories, how does the backstory impact the decisions that they make when they're trying to form relationships. Um, and I, I do think that romance novels are very, very fantasy-like, and that makes me sound a little jaded. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like these impossible moments have to come together to get these two people in one room to have their meet you. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's that's what I love about it. I love that it's it's like a series of moments that are kind of like held to chance, um, but it probably wouldn't happen in real life because it's it's like serendipity, you know, on the page. <laughs> yeah. And so is are, are those kind of the same reasons why you enjoy it as a reader? Because romance, especially here at Overdrive with the whole ebooks and privacy thing, romance is our most popular uh, category by far, and I so I'm always interested as a reader. Are those kind of the same reasons why you enjoy reading romance? Is kind of that like all these moments had to lead up to you know to something, and all these kind of extensions of fantasies? Is it kind of the same reason why you enjoy reading them? Yeah, I mean the reason I enjoy reading them is because when when there are two characters that are meant to be together but they can't be together because the writer does such a good job at keeping them apart that it's like the slow burn and it's like, you know, like agonizing to watch them be separate. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I love that. I kind of love being tortured by my favorite authors. And that goes for fantasy as well. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way of putting it. It's amazing. I, so I'm I'm curious. I we joked about this when we were emailing back and forth. But being you're more of an expert than I am, my my uh, the amount of romance that I know is literally just the romance authors that I have interviewed for this podcast. Um, so other than that, I I'm basically in the dark. So do you have some some romance books that? you've enjoyed over the past couple of months or years or anything that you're excited about just because it's February and people tend to enjoy their romance this time of year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Actually, last year I did a wonderful event called Galentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hosted by this bookshop in New York. And um, it, one of the, the I met so many fantastic fan, uh, romance authors. I always want to say fantasy. It's like a tick. <laughs> but um, always amazing romance authors. And my first exposure to romance novels were, were um, paperback historical books mm-hmm. that I was not allowed to read. <laughs> and I think I've heard this, I've heard a lot of, a lot of YA authors also say this on panels, that their, the first books they read were Stephen King or some sort of, you know, James Patterson mystery slash uh, Nora Roberts or Daniel Steele because those are, the, those are the books that almost everyone has in their home because of a parent or a grandparent or somebody. Right. Um, and so when I, the first romance book that I read was called Montana Sky, uh, by Nora Roberts, and it was made into a Lifetime TV movie, <laughs> which I promptly watched, um, and, and I just really, I, I, I didn't 
realized that I had been completely absorbed into the narrative until I was halfway done, and I was like, oh my god, like, I'm, you know, this is, it, it went by so quickly. So I tend to go for romance novels that have a um, big cast of characters, mm-hmm. and the ones that i found so far um, I are, are mostly contemporary, like Jennifer Armentrout and Cora Carmack and Jay Crownover. And so when I when I started reading romance again after, you know, being completely immersed in the YA space, I I transitioned to to back to romance with those with books by those three authors, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's because they create these worlds where um, she gives she gives they all give enough room so that different characters in the big ensembles have their own stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, Jay Crownover has the, uh, the, um, the Marked Men series, and it's all these guys that work, kind of, they work in a tattoo parlor in Denver. Um, one of them doesn't work in a tattoo parlor. He just has tattoos. <laughs> but, <laughs> so they all have tattoos. <laughs> um, and, and, and the other ones are, are tattoo artists. And so you meet all of them in book one, and then they each get their own separate story along the way, mm-hmm. which I think is a really cool way to approach a series. Yeah, I I agree. Um, first off, you somehow instantly found a way to get me interested in in romance books, just and that's just because I have many tattoos myself and so i was immediately like oh okay well that's a setting i would be interested in but no i completely yeah, there are a lot of tattoo tattoo parlor books man i but jay Crownover knows because she i don't i don't know if she used to work in one but she also has like two complete sleeves like they're amazing to look at oh, that's that's like my next tattoo project <laughs> is a, a sleeve and then like all the, i have one of my two sides is uncovered and i'm trying to build up the strength to get another side tattoo because they hurt a lot mm-hmm. so i haven't yet but yeah. anyway um no i think you're absolutely <laughs> right about a really there's a few other authors actually by the time this episode comes out the episode right before you and i have are speaking right now is um penny reed who's a romance writer um and oh, i i love one of um yeah, so she, yeah, and she also, she did this, um, oh, I'm gonna get it wrong, because I haven't, I'm literally talking to her tomorrow, uh, in real time, but it's like beard science, and she has all these different stories where she, the same <laughs> thing, she introduces um, this series of brothers, and then each brother kind of gets their own book, so I, I think that's a great way not even just romance, for books in general, to, you know, build a world, open up your first book by introducing all these different people, and then kind of give mm-hmm. them each their own their own story. Um, yeah, I, that was my long-winded way of saying I totally agree with you. <laughs> nice. I really enjoyed Neanderthal Meets Human. I thought it was a really fun read. That's by Penny Reed. Yeah. Um, and it, it was interesting because when I saw that book, when I, I, I usually buy... I'm that person who judges books by their covers. Yeah. And the cover was so cute and it's different from what was on the, um, what was on Amazon at that point. Um, and so, you know, like, covers are so important for romance. Uh-huh. I mean, I, another series that I'm really into right now is called Scandal and Scoundrel, <laughs> which is by Sarah McLean. Uh-huh. And Sarah McLean is wonderful because she, she also writes these, pieces about feminism and romance and just how like 
romance novels are can be completely feminist. Mm-hmm. And her series is set in um, in Regency time, so it's one of the first real historicals that I've read, and it's it's, it's all about like fallen women. But I I started with book two because I do that I start out of order. Uh-huh. Um, but that's a that's a great thing about it. Like you can start romance series out of order because it's about a different character each time. Um, and this one's called A Scott in the Dark, and it has one of the best opening scenes that I've read in a really long time because it's, you, you're just basically introduced to this like ginormous Scottish man who inherits a dukedom, <laughs> and he hates, he hates England, he hates dukes, he just, you know, he just wants to be like a Scot left alone, um, making his Scotch whiskey. Um, <laughs> but he has responsibilities now because he has a war to take care of. And the thing I love about Sarah McLean's books is that she, she takes contemporary setting, contemporary setting situations and she puts them in a Regency time period. Mm-hmm. And it translates to feminism because, you know, 200 years later, we're still treating women the same. You know, so like, you know, the scandal with Jennifer Lawrence and the nude photos, yep. it's basically that, this book is basically that. So like, the Regency version of that, this, this girl allows this man to take, to, um, to paint her nude, and he, he release, he's going to release the painting in public, and mm-hmm. so, you know, when you're a young woman during that time period, your, you know, your social, your life is basically over, um, because you're quote unquote ruined. Right. And, you know, he does this without her permission, and she she goes through this whole, like, you know, what, who am I, like, questioning her value, and it's, it's so, it's such a great book. And the book that precedes it, the first book, is, is the modern situation is um, when Solange Noel punched J.C. in the elevator. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so in the, in the Sarah McLean book, this woman she punches or she pushes her her um her sister's fiance into the lake in front of everyone because they discover that he's been cheating on on her on her sister mm-hmm. and so it's you know these moments where like okay we're translating all of these things and we're putting them into these regions these settings and they still fit because people still make the same mistakes no matter what time period they're in <laughs> I so I have to. I'm actually looking at the the book, the jacket covers. Did it was it the uh, the big fancy dresses that drew you in? Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. ca- okay, I kind of figured. I was looking at them. I was like, ooh, I could definitely see how people would definitely would be drawn in by those. And I will say again, I'm someone who doesn't read romance, and you're two for two with series that your descriptions. I'm like, yeah, I will definitely check those out. So you are doing really well with, again, if nothing else, you're making me interested in these books. So if you've got more, feel free to keep on going. <laughs> okay, good. So I have another one that this is new. This author is new to me, but she's uh, like a, a big romance author. Um, and the book is called Lady Bridget's Diary. And it's, it's um, obviously a take on Bridget Jones's diary. But yeah. Bridget Jones is a take on Pride and Prejudice. So it's just this whole, like, meta Pride and Prejudice thing where <laughs> there are references to all different kinds of Pride and Prejudice um, renditions. You know, the guy's still name is Darcy, um, and he's still, you know, uh, kind of a hardball to get, you know, to loosen up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about the catalyst 
is of the series is called Keeping Up with the Cavendishes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's cute. Um, it's about this, her name is Bridget, and her brother inherits a dukedom because obviously it's about a duke. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I've realized. Like, I, 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 I never really read historical, but all of the authors do a really good job at keeping you up to date on, like, the lingo and what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, high society talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really easy to follow. And this book, I couldn't stop reading it without a smile on my face. Like, <laughs> I was smiling the entire time because the banter is really great, and it's just, it's just so, it's so much fun. Um, and so her brother inherits a dukedom, and it's three sisters, one brother, and they all have. They're from America, because the father had run away to marry an American woman, and this is all like the value of love and what do you do for love, etc. And, <laughs> and so you know they just want to stay in America and where you know freedom exists, and they can just act however they want. They don't have to put up all these pretenses of high society, but they're forced to go to England. And the girls, the, the, the women are going to be presented to society, so they're having their debuts. And Bridget falls down in the, in the ballroom on her first day. Mm-hmm. And so, for, like, in the beginning, I was like, well, that doesn't really seem like a big deal, except that in that time period, everything that you do that is out of norm or that, you know, you're vaguely embarrassed, like, it's blown up to immense proportions. So for her to fall in front of everybody, it's like... You know, she becomes the subject of gossip, like, oh, look at these, like, buckwild Americans. Um, <laughs> and so, and she says the first thing that's on her mind. Like, she calls Darcy boring mm-hmm. uh, right to his face, and everybody's like, oh, my God. So um, she also, like, pushes him, and or the, they fall down, and, and there's, there's always, like, that Darcy scene where he's, like, wet, and, yeah, like, his shirt is wet. Yep. In every movie, every Pride and Prejudice movie. Mm-hmm. Always, yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah, and so, um, so it's, it's also, and there's also a scene like that in this book. But it's just really, it's one of the most funny romance pieces that I've read. Um, but it still makes you root for, for um, all the couples that are in there, which I think is, is amazing. And she does a really good job of setting up the rest of the series. So it's like, Americans in England, what do they do? I have to say you're going to make a lot of fans in our office because many of our staff librarians here are absolutely obsessed with Pride and Prejudice. So if they haven't yet read this, I'm sure that they will be 100% on board. It's great. It's such a great book. do you have do you have others? Again, I I, I didn't ask you fearless ahead of time, so I'm just going to kind of let you keep going if you've got more. Um, yeah, so there's a new, there's a, an author that debuted last year, um, her name is Tara Wyatt, and she had a series, she had a series called The Bodyguard Series, and the first book is called Necessary Risk, and <laughs> I have gotten this book, uh, like somebody gave me an arc, and I read it while I was camping last <laughs> summer, and it was, it was, it was wonderful. It, you know, it just flew by. So it's about a girl who is, she's a former child star. Mm-hmm. And she, she grows up and she, um, she's out of the limelight and she works at a, an, a, a, an organization that is modeled after Planned Parenthood and it's called Choices. And um, during, but she still goes to Comic-Con because she's, you know, the old TV, the old, like, 
celebrities, like they go like nineties, like a nineties Comic Con or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during one of these Comic Cons, she gets attacked by um, like a an anti choice, you know, yeah. uh, person. And so she has to hire a bodyguard. And so the mystery is basically who is the person attacking her. And so it's more of romantic suspense. Um, so for people who are into romantic suspense and they need, like, uh, a really fast-paced, like, you know, uh, guns blazing type of thing. Um, and so the, the, the bodyguard in this scenario, he doesn't like to get involved with his clients. But obviously, can't help it because you know they're destined to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the entire novel, they're just trying to be super professional, and they fail every single time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so each book is about a different bodyguard. Book two is kind of like a girl, kind of like Taylor Swift, um, and she, she you know, she she falls for her bodyguard who is trying to redeem himself. And I think book two is called Primal Instinct. So that was really cool. If you like, like heightened romantic suspense, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I think I think that those are those are most of the ones that I've read recently. You're really um, good at this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm basically on a on a historical kick right now because when I'm writing when I'm writing something, I like to read the opposite of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I'm writing YA fantasy, I like to read YA contemporary or regular contemporary, you know, stuff like that. So, um, it helps just like, cause I, I still need to read. I still, you know, I always want to have a book with me. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. All right. I, so I have to ask you about, I know for a fact, again, not to obsess over this, but because I follow you on Instagram, I know you're at, you're <laughs> reading a, a YA book that actually my co-host Jill is also reading, and I am very far down on the holds list for it, so you're reading Caraval right now. Caraval? Yeah, Caraval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I finished it. Oh, okay, so do you want to tell us how good that is? I'm so, I'm so like, down on the holds list at, that I, I know I'm going to be waiting for a while, so I'm sad, but would you like to tell us about, about a little bit? Jill did this earlier to me, and she was kind of poking fun of me. Uh, Caravel. So Caravel is um, by Stephanie Garber. It is a debut. Came out like three days ago, and it is about uh, two sisters that are whisked away to this this kind of um, this magical world called Caravel. It's it's kind of like it's not really an amusement park, but it's um, it's a place where fantasies happen, right? Um, and the when, but when they get there, one of the sisters is kidnapped, and they realize that they've become an intricate part of this game. Um, and so the main character, kind of the entire time, you're rooting for her to, to figure out the series of mysteries because the mystery is she has to find her sister, and if she doesn't, her sister dies. Yeah. And so if there's a lot of intrigue, there's a lot of um, family relationships because the reason they go to Caravelle because they're they're trying to escape their father, mm-hmm. who's an abusive person, who's a governor. Um, so it deals with the the, the, um, the different ways that people have power over young women, um, but also how a young girl can reclaim everything that was did not like take it from her. So like the main character, she she in the beginning she starts off as not being very confident, um, and but the one thing that she does know is that she seriously loves her sister, and so when she goes to to this caravel, you know it's it's a it's a place where there's there there are stores that are filled with 
with clocks or, you know, everything that you trade is, is um, you trade, there's no currency, so there's no money. So you trade things with secrets, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you want to buy this beautiful dress, but it'll cost you five secrets. Um, and and sometimes, if, and if you lie, it, you know, it could cost you something else. Like, it'll cost you two days of your life. And, and so you basically die for two days. Um, so it's, it's a world that is completely full of magic that I haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of the Night Circus. That's, um, yeah, that's what I'm hearing a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me of that, um, plus uh, Coney Island, because I'm from New York, so <laughs> everything I compare to New York. Um, so, like, if those two things kind of came together... Uh, and and there's a there's also a dash of romance in there, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's, I think it's handled very well because uh, at the end of at the end of it, I was I was rooting for for certain situations, and I'm not going to say what mm-hmm. because spoiler. But I I think it's it, I think it's a really strong debut, and I'm really excited for for whenever book two comes out. Uh, I'm so jealous that you have already read it and Jill is reading it as she speaks. Don't get me wrong, I have plenty of, I get plenty of advanced reader copies of other things, but I just didn't get one of that and having two people that I saw at the same time who I knew I'd be speaking with and you'd both read it. I'm very sad, but I wanted... I actually, the next two books that I'm reading, because I have a, I'm, I'm writing an article for Bustle about basically like sister relationships and friendship relationships in YA. Mm-hmm. And so that book is one of them. And the other book is Winter Song by uh, S.J. Jones. Yeah. Which is, if you haven't read it, you should put it on your list. It's basically a YA retelling of Labyrinth. Shut up. Labyrinth. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay. Uh, as much as I like talking with you, every time we talk, I my, t- <laughs> my TBR list just grows and grows and grows. Oh my, that sounds amazing. <laughs> It, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, so that's, that's literally next on my list. Like, I'm going to start it tonight. Um, I started chapter one, like, a month ago, and I was like, this is amazing, but I wanted to favor it, and uh-huh. then I had a deadline, so I had to put it down, but now I can start it again. Uh-huh. Um, and then the book after that, which also deals, it doesn't have sisters, but it has two best friends that are kind of like sisters. It's called Dun Dirt Cheap by Sarah, um, oh my god, what? I, <laughs> Sarah Nicole Lemon, um, I almost blanked on her name. No, it's but okay. Sarah Nicole Lemon. And it's, it was pitched as Selma and Louise meets Sons of Anarchy. So it's like <laughs> girls on motorcycles. Like, amazing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so those are the three the three books that I'm, I'm making it a point to read this month. Oh, those all sound so good. <laughs> I'm so... We actually just spent... Uh, the day we're recording this, Jill and I recorded um, all the books we're excited about for February. So that, on top of this, I officially am never going to even get through just the books from this month that I'm excited about. But isn't um, it crazy? Like there are more. There's there are just too many books. Like there are more books than I have an actual chance to complete in, a, in my entire lifetime. I I so. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then like just in this like in this month alone. Um, George Saunders, the Lincoln and the Bardo, which has gotten a lot of attention, is coming out, and mm. um, Neil Gaiman has a new book, and I'm obsessed with Neil Gaiman, yes. and um, there's a bunch of YA books that are coming out too. Um, a Conjuring of Light by V. E. Schwab, and 
Um, there's just King's Cage, which is one of the Red Queen books by Victoria. Yeah, Aviar- yeah there's so many. Uh, uh, so many. I'm rambling. Um, all right. I, <laughs> so I, I actually I had another question for you. Are you planning? Yeah. I know that you're just now writing your book that's going to come out next year, but are you planning on doing kind of both continuing YA and romance? Are you going to kind of do both and, you know, for as long as as people will let you, I yeah, guess? Yeah, I mean, now that you mention it, <laughs> I, <laughs> I also, I got my edit letter for book two, the sequel to Labyrinth Log. Uh, well, it's a companion novel, not a direct sequel. Um, but I did get my, so I'm, I'm also working on, on edits for Labyrinth Log too. Oh, um, man, that makes me so excited. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a really fun book. It's very different. It's, you know, it's different that very different from Labyrinth Loss itself, but I still think that it'll be a fun a fun read. And I I plan on writing as long as people keep reading. So yeah. uh, well, Zoraida, I don't wanna keep you any longer because I know that you are writing on a deadline, but you are an absolute gem and I hope that you will continue always coming back on our podcast and talking about books because you're better at it than than we are. So I really do I appreciate your time and all of your expertise. So as always, thank you so much, even though you're calling me from a very warm place. Well, now you just have to look at all my Instagram pictures of, of, uh, of more sun. I do that anyway. That's not, that's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Zorada, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on... Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.